0: Hi, welcome to The Kicker. I'm Kyle Pope, editor and publisher of the Columbia Journalism Review. This week, coverage of schools in COVID. So on Wednesday, the Chicago Teachers Union approved a new COVID agreement with Chicago Public Schools, putting an end to a dispute over school safety. I mean, these numbers are amazing. As of Wednesday, Chicago Public Schools reported that there were 2,300 adults and nearly 11,000 students in quarantine or isolation uh, because of covid there have been five days of canceled classes because the union urged their members not to teach in person so to me this is astonishing that this is happening two years into this pandemic that this that these fights are still happening that the dysfunction of the school systems is still happening as a parent of three kids, I can tell you the frustration is as high as it's been probably throughout the whole pandemic. I'm really happy to be joined by Tracy Swartz, who covers Chicago public schools for the Chicago Tribune. Welcome.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So, do you hear from parents like me who are just like can't are just like at the boiling point? Like we cannot believe this is still going on.
1: I've definitely heard from parents, sort of on both sides. Um, some who are very upset that. Um, their kids could not go to school earlier this, you know, this week and last week, and then some parents who are upset that the the school district did not have a safety agreement in place for this school year, um, and because they feel like some of the mitigations that are in place are not strong enough in the battle against COVID.
0: There's there's so much to talk about here. Um, it, it seems like we're inventing these mitigations as we go. That's what it seems like. Why, why haven't there been sort of, why hasn't there been a sort of more firm playbook in place considering how far into this we are?
1: Do you know what I mean? Well, so they had a playbook last school year and um, they did this, the union and the district had negotiated over the summer, could not come up with a safety agreement for the fall. And um, the school district said, you know, the mitigations that we have in place which are indoor masking, um, you know, contact tracing, and um, having unvaccinated students uh, quarantine if they come in contact with someone who's tested positive. That those um, mitigations and some social distancing were good enough for this school year, and it seemed like you know some of those mitigations were working for a while, but then Omicron hits. And you started to see case numbers really rise, especially in some of these um, elementary schools on the south or west sides. And um, things really hit sort of a crisis mode over the holidays. The school district decided to create an initiative in the hopes of being proactive. So they sent test um, at home test kits home with about 150,000 students. And what the students were supposed to do was register the test kit, do a nasal swab, and their parents or guardian was supposed to drop the results off at a FedEx box or library, and um, the results would be ready before school started last Monday. So that way, if students were testing positive, The school districts could say to them, listen, you've tested positive, we need you to start the school year at home in quarantine. And uh, what happened was, is first, a lot of um, people did not do the test kit. They only got like 40,000 test kits returned out of 150,000. And then what happened was they didn't have a good system for um, picking up the test kits. So what happened was, is there were test kits that were piling up outside of these FedEx drop boxes, and they extended the deadline. Well, some of the people who decided to take them up on the extended deadline offer found out that because um, it was two days after they had done their swab, that the the test results were invalid. And so what they had was. Um, the majority of the people who actually did the test kits didn't, didn't, the results were useless.
0: So there literally were like piles of these, these test kits outside of these FedEx boxes.
1: Yes. uh, We, we photographed one on the Southwest side and it was just, people were dropping them off next to the drop boxes. It was just the sidewalk was full of them. And it, and on that particular day, the initial deadline, it was um, a really snowy day, it was wet outside. Because of these overflowing drop boxes, the district extended the, the deadline to drop off um, the test kits. And what happened is, is some people who took them off up on the offer to drop off the test kit two days after the initial deadline, they were notified um, a couple days later that uh, the results were inconclusive or invalid because yeah. um, they had waited so long. Uh, we, we actually had a picture on our front page of uh, one of these overflowing drop boxes on the southwest side. And there was a lot of confusion. And And honestly, I mean, the, the boxes were overflowing, but they only got a fraction of the people even return them. Um, so it was... It, it was definitely a program. It was bungled. And, um, so that was part of the problem was the union wanted people to test negative before they went into buildings last Monday for the start of school. And this test kit initiative for the holidays, it just did not inspire a lot of confidence that the district knew, um, you know, what the COVID landscape looked like.
0: Yeah. No, I'm looking now at the picture that ran on the front page of the Chicago Tribune, your newspaper, under, over your story. And it's not, it's, it's not just that there were test kits on. I mean, the picture is th- these were piled higher than a person. This is like, what, eight feet high or something. Um, yeah, it was
1: a lot. And that was just one. And there were other reports of other um, drop boxes that were completely full. And some of the problem was, too, is that, you know, the library was a drop off spot, but the library hours were necessarily conducive for working parents to right. be able to drop the kid off.
0: So the teacher's view is that this thing, this this thing that was supposed to protect them and let them know, you know, that every kid who who was there was Oh, by the, by the way, backing up. You said 160,000 were sent out. How, how many kids are in the school district?
1: Um, so it's about 150,000 that were sent out. And um, there are 330,000 in the school district, but um, that includes charter students. So it's around like 270. Okay. Um, so it's like 150 out of 270 of the district-run okay. school students.
0: So what, what's been the um, nature of the relationship between the teachers and the parents i mean i know that it's hard to generalize but um when you're reporting this i mean it, it did this increase tension with parents or or was it like some people agreed with the teachers and some people didn't
1: i think it's more the latter um i think people saw the rising case numbers um and you know for some of these Classrooms, some of them were already sort of going remote anyway. Like the case numbers were so high, and um, so they were already virtual learning. And I think that this was part of the problem is the the teachers wanted to continue, wanted to start the school year teaching remotely and continue into next week, um, yeah. like next Tuesday after the holiday, they would have come back and taught in person. And the district refused to do any remote learning. They canceled classes instead. And for some of the parents, their kids were already going to start the school year doing remote learning because um, you know, of a positive case in their classroom. So they were supposed to be remote learning, but then they said there was going to be no learning whatsoever. And so some of this was um, a little counterintuitive. Um, and I could see some parents, You know, really wanting their kids in person. Um, Their kids are vaccinated. They feel that the mitigations already there are are fine. And then some parents saying, like, some of these cases in these school communities are are rising quickly and out of control. And they were already going to have their kids learn from home anyway, and now they can't even do that.
0: Yeah. How how is it to report this? Like, um, I mean, this is such an emotional issue, and it's so central. To to parents as well as to teachers, Um, and as you point out, it's so hard to generalize. I mean, you can't. There's no narrative that says parents think this because it's not a single thing, right? So, how do you how do you go about trying to sort of you know wind your way through this?
1: So for me, I'm actually pretty new to this beat. I've been doing it for about six months or so. Um, so I missed the earlier part of the pandemic in this beat. Um, and, you know, in talking to parents, you can tell and talking to teachers too. Um, there's a lot of fatigue, you know, this yeah. pandemic is switching into two, you know, two years. And um, it took a lot for uh, the school district to welcome students back last year. It, it, it happened in waves. Not everybody came back. Um, it was not, you know, full time. Um, so, you know, when I talked to parents over the summer, there was a real sense of excitement. Like mm. it seemed like, you know, the pandemic was at least under control that the district had a plan. Um, and I could see that, especially as we hit Thanksgiving and December, that there was sort of a, a sense of, of panic and, um, you know, maybe it did catch some, parents by surprise that this action was taken last week, but really for months, um, the union and, uh, the district have str- had struggled to negotiate, you know, a safety agreement that was, um, that both sides found acceptable. So, um, I think there's a sense of weariness. Um, I've heard from parents who, you know, have wanted to take their kids out of this district and put them into, private schools, which have seen fewer disruptions. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some people are, are angry with the union. Um, Some people are angry with the district for not enough protocols. Um, So yeah, I think tensions are pretty high Um, and we'll see now that, you know, school, schools reopened uh, on Wednesday, we'll see, um, you know, what the mood is like moving forward.
0: Have you been, been able to do any reporting, Um, among the students to figure out sort of how they, because they're sort of caught in the middle of all this.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've actually, in in Chicago, there's going to be a a protest tomorrow by some students who want more mitigations. We found, you know, in in talking to students, it's been so interesting because um, some are, you know, were really excited to come back. Um, They, you know, they felt that they didn't, over the last like, you know, year or two, um, didn't get the full experience. And, um, the, 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 feeling was for this school year that things were more under control. And so, um, you know, there, this was a disruption that lasted, um, almost two weeks and, uh, we'll see going forward how the case numbers look, um, because, for some of these kids, especially if they're not vaccinated, um, if the case numbers continue to rise, they'll have to to learn from home. That's the rule. If you're um, not vaccinated and there's a case in your classroom, you're going to have to um, go remote. So, um, you know, one case. Uh, that's how it's typically gone. If there's a either a, a staff member or um, there's a, a case in a classroom, if you are not vaccinated, you. Oh, I see you have to quarantine and learn from home if you're fully vaccinated and you're not showing any symptoms you you can stay in the classroom but some of these elementary schools um the vaccination rates are extremely low i mean in chicago um for cps students this district students um only half over the age of 12 are fully vaccinated wow. So, and then the numbers get worse if you look at five to eleven year olds. Only about a quarter of them have had their first dose, and only about thirteen percent are fully vaccinated. So, um, there's a lot of people who will be remote learning just because you know they didn't get fully vaccinated.
0: Is there a? I noticed that the uh, the mayor has COVID now. Um, I think she announced that this week, right? Yes. What is her take been on this? Has she um has she advocated aggressively in terms of the need to get kids back in in-person school?
1: Yes, she's a very big proponent of schools are where kids belong. Um and she has decried the learning losses especially among black and brown students um and she is a very very Staunch opponent to remote learning, and so um, she played a very heavy hand in this dispute um, between the district and the union because she did not want um, kids to be remote learning even for a short time. Because last school year, when much of the school year was spent remote learning, um, at the end of the year, they had the district had about, had done some number crunching and found about 100,000 students, which is about a third of the student population for CPS um, were disengaged or were in danger of not coming back for the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, the enrollment numbers were not as low as some had feared, but the, um, the district attributed that to a lot of effort over the summer, making sure that uh, these kids would come back in the fall. And she was afraid that if we, if this district went remote for any period of time, no matter how short, that'd be really difficult to get, um, kids, you know, back in the chairs, back in the classrooms.
0: You know, I asked about, um, what the kids view on this, and this is a little bit of inside baseball in terms of reporting a story like this, but can you talk to kids? Um, can you quote them without, do you have to get a parent's permission or can you just hang out outside the school and talk to kids and put their names in?
1: Uh, we can Talk to kids, but it's Tribune policy to get parental permission if we plan to quote them. Uh-huh. Um, and it's funny because, as I mentioned, you know we have this protest tomorrow that we're planning to cover, where some um, students are protesting uh, the lack of protocols um, by the district um, to mitigate the virus. And you know we, you know, the reporters who are going to be covering it. You know, we've been talking about making sure you get uh, parents' permission to be able to quote them. And, you know, people, kids are on social media, so you can get a sense of uh, where they stand and stuff without, you know, having to, to formally interview them.
0: And in your experience so far, how how hard is that to get? I mean, I I know it depends on the parent and the kid and whatever, but most of the time are the parents saying, okay, so far in your experience?
1: Usually. Yes. Um, And I found that I find the most success when I interview them together Uh Um, because usually when you're talking to students, you do want the, you know, the parents perspective as well. So um, I found that to be pretty helpful.
0: So how fragile is this sort of truce? Do you think? Uh, I mean, they have, you know, they've come to this agreement school. The kids are back. Um, But I mean, I think there's still, we're still at the, at the, state of the virus that, you know, there could be a wave that could, you know, you know, knock, knock enough people out that they that they sense that they have to go remote again. But I mean, do you think this is resolved or do you think this is sort of where we are right now and it could be different in a week?
1: I think it's resolved for now with some asterisks. Um, I think it's really going to be dependent on Omicron. Have we reached that peak? You know, do are things getting better? Um, so I think if Things worsen uh, and case numbers really rise. You, you know, I, I this could be an action that the union considers again. I mean, the union voted yesterday on the district's agreements, and the numbers were pretty split. It was about fifty-six percent in favor mm. of supporting the agreement. So you can tell that there were union members who really just do not feel comfortable going back into the classroom with Mm -hmm. what the district has proposed. And the district has proposed, you know, everything from increased testing um, to like a school-based metric that would say when a school would go to remote um, and, you know, more contact tracing. But they haven't really said exactly how they're going to implement some of these um, proposals. And, um, you know, I think that that's going to be really key in seeing if this is enough to satisfy these concerns from the union members.
0: Well, and as you, as you've pointed out, uh, I mean, implementation is key and not something that either the city or the district or even the country has proven very good at.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, when you, it's hard when you hear about like testing, um, extra testing that's going to happen in the schools, you know, the district is promising. It, it's not that long ago over the holidays, it's just two weeks ago that the testing, the the test kit program was a bust. Yeah. So um, you know, hopefully I think people are hoping that the district will keep its word with these promises and that they will work quickly to implement these new initiatives.
0: Have you um I have you sort of surveyed the other school districts around the country to <laughs> see if where, where how unusual this the the action in Chicago is
1: I haven't really seen any others. I mean what I saw from other districts was um, starting the school year, other other districts and schools started the school year, um, you know, by going remote, um, even here within the, like the Chicago suburbs, some, some started off remote, um, some required tests to enter buildings, I think that was DC and Los Angeles, and so it was sort of unusual for a district this size to come back from the holidays and nothing extra was done yeah. so um I, I know that they had been working on contact tracing and you know like expanding testing but other places sort of took a harder stance um to start the school year that the, this district did not
0: yeah tracy thank you so much for talking to us
1: thank you for having me
0: you can read tracy's ongoing coverage of what's going on in chicago in the chicago Tribune. And you can follow CGR's coverage of the coverage of schools and the coronavirus at cgr.org through our daily email newsletter, The Media Today, and on social media. Thanks for listening. See you next week.